how much money is it going to take for me to be able to buy a house? My answer is, that depends. Buying a home is exciting, but the process can be overwhelming. Trying to understand all of the paperwork, financing, and what you need to do can be stressful. Without knowing what you're doing or where things stand, it's hard to move forward. Or worse, you could make a mistake that costs you thousands of dollars. That's where the Get Me Ready to Buy podcast, hosted by Jeff Jones, comes in. Jeff is a realtor, coach, and entrepreneur. He helps take the guesswork out of home buying by providing you with the details, resources, and professionals that make the process easier to understand so you can successfully buy your next home with confidence. Now here's Jeff. Thanks for joining me for this episode of the Get Me Ready to Buy podcast. One of the big questions I get asked is, how much money is it going to take for me to be able to buy a house? My answer is, that depends. Well, it does depend. It depends on the price of the home. It depends on the type of loan that you're going to get. All kinds of elements go into how much it's going to cost. But today, we're going to dive into what you might could expect to need in available cash or something to help you be able to get into a home. Many times, it may not be the payment that's the problem. You're paying that much in rent. Your debt-to-income ratio already approved, would approve you for the amount of home that you want to purchase. The problem is you don't have the money that you need up front to be able to get into the home. That delays your ability to purchase, might even cause you not to be able to purchase, at least not in the near future. So let's take a little bit of a deep dive into what you might could you need to be able to get into a home. And I'll also tell you at the end of it, kind of some rules of thumb that I go by in helping my clients purchase homes. Let's say that you want to purchase a home and the sales price is $300,000. Now, I got there because in one of the counties I'm in, our median price, meaning half the homes that sell, sell for more or less than $320,000. Another county I'm in, that number is $279,000, almost $280,000. The average of those is $300,000. There is possible to get into some homes for less than $300,000. Most of the new construction homes are right at that $300,000 mark. I had to pick a number. $300,000 is kind of easy to deal with. You may be purchasing a house that's valued lower or house that's valued more. You could take uh, the rule of thumb for what I'm going to give you later on. Talk to your lender, talk to an agent in your area. They can give you better figures on what it's going to take to get into the home in the price range that you're looking for. I'm going to assume that we're looking at a $300,000 house and that we want to close on that house by October 31st of this year of 2023. And you take possession on November 1st. That means that you'll own the property for one sixth of the year two out of 12 months, and I'll tell you why that's important. So we have a $300,000 home. We're going to close on it by October the 10th. And upfront, what kind of upfront money are you going to need from the very beginning? Well, from the very beginning, you're going to need to have some earnest money that you're able to put down on the house. This is actually part of your purchase price of the home, part of the down payment you're going to be making. It goes into an escrow account, meaning the seller doesn't get access to it to use. Uh, the Whoever's holding the earnest money, the brokerages, a closing attorney, whoever it may be, they can't spend the money on anything but helping to purchase this property. 
you'll see that money back at the end of the day that this number, I said a thousand dollars, it could be 500. It could be 2000, 5,000. If the seller doesn't uh, determine an amount of money that needs to be earnest money, then it's up to the buyer. Obviously the more money that you put in earnest money, it indicates more seriousness, how, how much more serious you are about purchasing the property. You're at risk of losing the money if you as a buyer back out of the deal without cause, meaning one of the ways that you're getting out of the contract, but it's not specified that you actually can get out of the contract in the contract. If the house doesn't appraise and you can't reach a price, you get out of it. If you're able, not able to get the loan and you made purchasing the pro property conditional upon you getting a loan, you can get out of the deal and get your earnest money back. If you just decide you don't want it and you walk away from it, your earnest money is at risk for you not to get it back. And it's going to go to the seller for allowing their home to be tied up under contract with you and you didn't do anything with it. Anyway, hopefully you're most of the time you're going to see that money back. So you'll have your earnest money that you're going to need to have some money available up front. You're also going to need to pay for a home inspection. And this can range anywhere from 300 to 500 or more dollars, depending on your market. That's kind of typical in our market. It's typically based on the size of the property, uh, more bedrooms, more square feet, longer it's going to take, more things that have to be done. It's a little bit different price. I'm not sure in your market, but in my market, uh, about $400, uh, maybe three or 350. I'm kind of going a little bit high uh, for a kind of a, 2000 square foot home, but that's probably a, a good price to start with. And once you pay the home inspector to inspect the property, you've just paid for it. Just as if you went and paid for a meal or paid for a movie, you've paid for it. They've rendered services to you. You've got a report. It's yours. End of story. Uh, that's just money you're going to be spending up front. The next two amounts, this is an appraisal. And the next amount may be asked for you up front or the lender may hold and ask for it at the end. But I'm saying that you're going to need money to pay for this upfront for the appraisal. Most lenders I know, if they go ahead and pay for the appraisal, and for some reason you back out of the property, they're going to want this money, which is why I say have it upfront. You already have it available. You know you're going to spend it. If you're getting a loan, you need to get an appraisal, or you choose to get to get an appraisal and you're paying cash for the property. Um, but if you're getting an appraisal, it could be 550, it could be 400, it could be 750. Uh, it's going to be a range in there. Typical in our market, one of the last ones I saw come across my desk was about 550. So I picked that number for 550. And another fee is going to be a credit report. Some lenders will charge you for running the credit report from them, or they'll charge it to you at the end. Uh, some will just eat that price. But worst case is you're going to need to pay for it. And let's say it costs $35. So you're going to need upfront, really, before you even start looking at property, you need to know that you're going to need about $2,000 that's going to be able to get a property under contract for you. Uh, the earnest money that you put down on the property, you're able to get the inspection and your lender is moving forward with the appraisal and your credit report. $2,000 is the starting point, but you're going to need a little bit more than just the $2,000. You're going to need some money for loan fees. Now, if you're paying cash for a house, you can eliminate maybe all of this, but you're going to need some money uh, or at least to know how to pay for it in your loan fees. And here's what those are. You have a sales price of 
If you're getting an FHA loan, you're going to need to put down three and a half percent. That's $10,500. A conventional loan is 3%. That's going to be $9,000. But if you're getting an FHA loan, $10,500 is how much money you're going to need for down payment. And you only need all of this money at the very end when you're signing the documents. Before you get keys, they're going to say, okay, where's the money that you're using for down payment and your closing costs? We're going to break all those down. So you're going to have a down payment of $10,500. And then all the rest of these begin to be fees that come in from different sources. One of those fees, well, I forgot this. You're financing now $289,500. That's going to be your loan amount that you're getting on the property. This amount right here is what you're going to be getting in loan amount. So you're going to have a loan origination fee from your lender. This estimate is one half of a percent, $14,047.50. It's possible that, that range is anywhere from 0.5 to 1%. So it could be $1,400 to $2,800 depending on your lender. That's why you can shop for lenders to find out about all these fees. So you have a loan origination fee, and this is where they typically make their money on providing the loan for you. There could be an underwriting fee. I saw this recently on a closing car, on a closing uh, settlement statement, underwriting fee of almost $300. It was $299 something, so I just said $300. Uh, that's going to be the, the work that the lender's doing to make sure that you are a good risk, that you're going to be paying back your loan. This is the fees involved in their, their underwriting process. There's going to be some dock fees that you have for them that's related to the loan itself. You're going to have some, I'll show you another fee that comes up related to the document a little bit later on, but these are your lender fees. So between your lender fees and your down payment, that's $12,397.50. Again, that's on this $300,000 house, and this is typical in my market. It may be different in your market. Uh, so don't hold me to what all these fees are if you're not in, well, don't hold it to me in any market that you're in. This is just the closers and lenders that I deal with in my market. These are typical expenses and fees that you as a buyer would have to pay. Now we're going to have prepaids. We typically roll all these into closing costs. We're going to say down payment and closing costs. Closing costs include those loan fees that I showed you and these prepaids. And these prepaids meaning it's something you're going to have to pay for eventually, but you're paying for it up front. And here's what you're going to be paying for up front. You're going to have interest. Depending on how many days you have between now and when your next, their first mortgage payment is due, uh, there, the bank is loaning you or whoever the lender is, is loaning you their money from the day you close, but you're not going to pay them anything until 30 to 45 days out. It's typically going to be your first payment. Well, they're not going to let you borrow that money for 45 days or 35 days for free. You're going to be paying interest on that. Uh, loan that I, a deal that I just did, I think it was, this probably needs to be a little bit higher. Uh, they're looking at 250 for the interest for the few days that it was going to be. It could be closer to seven or $800 or more. Uh, that's where you need to get that fee from your lender. Another fee is going to be taxes. If taxes on this property are $1,800 a year, that could be a combination of city and county taxes or parish or wherever you live. Uh, if those taxes are $1,800 a year, that's 150 a month. Typically, they're going to collect 
three months or so many months worth of taxes up front and put it in your escrow account. The lender is going to be doing this. Your monthly payment is going to include your mortgage and interest plus your taxes and your homeowner's insurance. So they want to have a few months of taxes already built up. And when that tax bill comes, they're able to pay that bill. You might even need to pay for, let's say that if we're, if we are closing, like I said, October 31st, then you're going to have taxes from November and December, which would mean 300. So they might collect 750 from you to have the 300 you owe for the remainder of this year and then a three month jump start in the escrow account. These numbers could be a little bit low. Uh, I've taken care of that in a, in a little bit later on in this uh, as we work through this. I mentioned homeowner's insurance. If your homeowner's insurance premium is $1,500 a year, they're going to collect that $1,500 up front. And what I didn't put in here is an extra two or three months. That could be another you know, $125 a month for three months could be another $375 that they collect on top of this. So if I'm a little low on these, there could be another $1,000 in here of prepaids that you might need to be able to be prepared to pay for up or not up front, but at the closing table. All of that together is $2,300. It could be $3,300. It just depends on how much interest, interest insurance is, how much your taxes are, how long you're prepaying that insurance, the interest for, what your interest rate is. All of these are just best guesses. But just know that you're going to need another $2,300 to $3,300 uh, ready to be paid at closing. And then we have closing costs. These are the actual costs for closing. You're going to have a closing attorney's fees involved. Uh, I've seen these anywhere from $450 to $1,000. Um, 350 to $1,000. I put 750, maybe a little high, maybe a little low, but 750 is typical in our market. Uh, 450 to 750 is typical in our market. Title insurance. This is something that you're going to want that your lender is going to have you buy on their behalf to protect the title to the property. If anybody from the past comes and makes a claim on the property, this insurance protects you. You're going to need to pay for this. This is based on the value of the property. I made a guess based on what I've seen other title insurance be that it would be about $800. However, uh, it could be different in your market and different on your property. Uh, you're also going to need to see a recording fee back to the county. Uh, it's a different from those dock fees that the lender is going to have. This is a recording fee for your uh, local government to record it in their, rec their tax record. Our market in one of my counties is 75 and another one of my counties in my state, a different state, they, uh, there is a, an extra uh, tax on top of all of this that you pay. So again, these numbers could go up depending on where you are and what your, how much your property is. So I took into account some other fees. So let's just say I was off by $1,000 on the other, uh, on the prepaids. So there could be a few other little tacted or fees tacked on throughout all of this, not to the lender. I mean, not to the, the real estate agents involved or the brokerages, but just some few fees just to see in case I messed up on this. So closing costs could be another uh, $3,625. So what's that all total that you need to close? Your total funds needed. Your upfront is going to be uh, $1,985. 
your loan fees of $12,397.50. Now, if you didn't pay your appraisal or your um, uh, credit report fees up front, they could be rolled into this fee. Uh, so your loan fees, your upfront fees could go down, your loan fees could go up to take care of paying for the appraisal at the closing table instead of earlier. I've bought houses in the past that I've had to pay for the appraisal up front. I bought other properties that I paid for the appraisal at closing. It came out of all of my closing fees. Either way, you're going to pay that and pretty much you would have all of this, you know, $14,300 uh, are going to be all of these loan fees and your upfront fees. You're also going to have those prepaids I mentioned, $2,500. You're going to have those closing fees I mentioned of $3,625. But remember, you've already put down in that upfront $1,000 of earnest money. Well, that earnest money was part of that 10-5 for your, close, for your um, down payment. You're going to get that taken off because you've already paid that out of pocket. That means that you're going to need $19,507.50 for that $300,000 house. That's just to get the keys to the property. Hey, thank you for hanging with the Get Me Ready to Buy podcast so far. You need to know how ready you are to buy a home, so get your score at readytobuyscore.com. You'll pick a few statements, get an email telling you what your score is and what you need to focus on to get ready to buy a home. If I can help you in my market, which is the Mid-South, the Memphis metro area, please let me know. If you're in another market, I've got agents all over the country and in a few countries around the world. Reach out to me and I'll connect you with one of our agents who can help you get your home bought wherever you are. Now, back to the show. I have buyers all the time uh, explain to me that they can afford the payment. They just can't get all the money they need to close on the property. Um, I, uh, unfortunately, this is just the case. This is just what it's going to take. You're going to have to have some money for down payment. You're going to have to have money for closing costs, for, prepa for prepaids. Uh, it is what it is. Now, there may be some ways to reduce this amount of money that you're going to have to pay to actually get possession of the property. But let's take a look at what are, what are some possible solutions for reducing or taking care of where this money is going to come from. Here are some options for how you might pay for those funds. The first one is a loan type. There are loan types out there that's possible to get 100% financing, meaning that 10,005 that was required right off the top for down payment of the property, you wouldn't have to pay. If you bought in a rural area and utilized a USDA rural loan, they're going to cover 100% of the value of the property that you're not you don't have to put any money down for it. If you're a veteran and you have access to VA benefits, there's the potential for you to leverage 100% of your VA benefits to purchase the property and you don't have to put any down payment. So $10,500 right off the top that you don't have to put down. Yes, that is fantastic. There are some other options that you have available to you and that's going to be actual fees from, uh, let me get this, actual down payment assistance either from the government or from the lender. If you're a first-time home buyer, if you are a first responder, an educator, uh, buy in a particular uh, census zone, uh, there may be some options for down payment assistance that could be 7000 10000 
that's either a gift to you or it's paid back over time. If you don't, some, some of them, one of them out there is there's $7,000 available if you qualify for it. It's written as a second mortgage on the property. As long as you own the property for 10 years and you don't refinance, I believe you don't refinance. I know you have to own it for 10 years. You don't pay it back. They just write it off at no interest. If you go to sell it in four years, you're going to owe that money back so that it goes back into the pool to help out. But there are all kinds of programs. And as a realtor, I know what those programs are, but that's not my specialty. That's where that lender comes in. My partner lenders know exactly what programs they have, what work for them. I know what loan programs that they have to know what might best fit you. But just because I or your agent send you to a particular lender, you can use any lender you want for you to get the best deal for you to be able to get into your home. So take advantage of any down payment assistance uh, if you qualify for it. You might also ask for help from the seller or the builder. Uh, before COVID, and it's coming back now, it was typical for the buyers to ask for the seller for some help with closing costs. 4000 5000 a certain percentage of the property. I've, I've had a, I've got a, a two deals that are uh, going to be closing soon. And both of them, the sellers, I listed the properties, both of them, the sellers are offering some closing costs to the buyers. It was requested in the contract. They agreed to do that. Uh, I have one recently that uh, we had agreed to an amount to help the buyer for, um, or we had asked the seller to help the buyer for more than what was allowed. And we had to go back and make some adjustments to it to make all that work. In our market, uh, new construction builders, some of those are offering some incentives up front of $10,000 toward closing costs or buying down an interest rate, uh, whatever. So you might want to consider taking advantage of some of the offerings from the seller or asking the seller from offerings from the builder if you're looking at new construction. And you may want to look at new construction because you have that help from the builder. They typically want you to use a particular lender and a particular closer. You can use whatever real estate agent that you want. Uh, just know going in to take advantage of all that the builder has, you might need to change some of your plans to match up with using uh, sources that the builder wants you to use. You might have access to a retirement account, an investment account to tap into a 401k or uh, borrow against some retirement money. There, I, I'm not necessarily recommending you do it. I know it's an option. Uh, the retirement accounts, uh, my retirement accounts gave me the option to be able to borrow uh, for interest free uh, for down payment for a property. You might be able to have access to something like that. There's also the potential for you to get a second job. I was with uh, some folks uh, listening to a, a trainer uh, last week and she was talking about when she paid for her first house, she had a second job that let her just put money aside so that she would have the money that she needed to uh, purchase that property. You might consider a second job, a side hustle to get some money. And you might have an asset you can sell. Maybe you have a piece of property somewhere else. You have a vehicle that you don't use or, or some other asset, but there are all kinds of ways for you to get the funds that you need to be able to close on a property so that you're able to own your own home. Uh, and typically these assistances are available for owner occupant not if you are 
using as an investment property, especially the loan type down payment assistance or help from a seller builder. Uh, retirement account, you might could use that for some investment property, the same thing with a second job or getting or selling or liquidating an asset. Those can help you with that. These are just some of the options that might help you be able to get the funds that you need for your down payment and your closing costs. I mentioned earlier about a rule of thumb or some rules of thumb that I go by in helping my clients, my buyer clients, prepare themselves for what they need for closing costs and prepaids and down payment. And the rule of thumb is your down payment is if it's FHA is three and a half percent, conventional is going to be three percent. Uh, if it is some other uh, bank loan, whatever, you might need a little more than that. But typically you're going to need either three to three and a half percent as a minimum in down payment. So let's just say you would figure on three percent of the purchase price being your down payment amount. And then that would be if it's $300,000 house, 10.5. Then you're also going to need closing, closing cost and prepaids. That's going to be anywhere from three to five percent. And you might think, wow, that's that's a big range. Well, again, it depends on where you are in the country. Homeowners insurance rates are higher in some parts of the country than they are in others. Tax rates are higher in some than in others. Interest rates, as they fluctuate, uh, those I mentioned, you're going to prepay so many days of interest that you've borrowed the money before your first payment. Well, the higher the interest rate, the more that is. The lower the interest rate, the less that is. Uh, you might want to be prepared for somewhere around 4% for your closing costs and prepaids. But if it's 10-5, I mean, if it's 3,500, that's going to be anywhere from 9,000 to $15,000, which means that you're going to need anywhere from 19-5 to 25-5 and down payment. And uh, our uh, model that we had was around that 10-5, that 19-5. That's, that's where it's 3.5% and about 3%. So now you know how much to be prepared for if you're looking to buy a home. If you're looking at a $400,000 home, multiply, if you know you're doing an FH or a conventional loan, multiply 3%, it's $12,000. If you're looking at closing, closing costs and prepaids, 3% again would be $12,000. If it's 4%, that's 16 plus the 12, that's $28,000. Just kind of a rule of thumb to go by is this three to three and a half percent down payment, three to five percent closing cost prepaids. So if you took the average of those, you're looking at somewhere around seven percent between three and a half and then four per three and a half percent for each of those. Seven percent just kind of gives you an idea. And you know, I would rather you maybe go a little bit high and then be surprised that you have some money left over because you're probably going to want to do some things to your house. Uh, change out maybe some light fixtures. Uh, you know, if it's not new construction, you didn't get to pick, didn't get to pick those things. There's going to be some things you're going to want to do. Maybe you want to help, you want help moving. You put use some of those, that money that you didn't have ahead of time, but at least it gives you a target to shoot for, to know how much you're going to need when it comes to closing on your property, to get the property that you want, that you can own. So you can live where you want to live, building equity and building wealth for you and maybe your family, but just helps you out to know uh, what is available out there for you to be able to uh, secure those funds that you're going to need for that down payment to be able to get into that home. It's great to have a conversation with an agent in your market or a lender in your market. If you think it's going to be even two or three years from now, 
I would have a conversation with a lender. That lender may not be in the business then. The, a real estate agent may not be in the business then. They may have moved to a different uh, uh, mortgage firm or bank. It's not too early to begin to have a conversation with a lender that if you were to buy a house in the next three to six months, what loan products are out there, what down payment assistance programs are out there that's going to help you be able to get into that home to minimize your down payment. I think I may have mentioned before on a previous episode, I helped a builder or helped a buyer, excuse me, helped a buyer get into a property about three years ago. This was the uh, end of 2020 during COVID. They put $500 down in earnest money. They paid for their home inspection. They get to the closing table. We had negotiated closing costs to be paid by the seller. They bought in an area that got there or they bought with a loan product that got them 100% financing and they walked away from the closing table with a $500 check. They got their earnest money back. They were able to get into that home for just the cost of their home inspection. They got it all back. Um, and that's great if you can work that kind of a deal. Only the agents in your area, the lenders in your area know what works in your area. If you're in the Mid-South area in Mid Mississippi or Tennessee, I'll be glad to help you out, put you in touch with a lender, help you navigate some of this process. If you're not in my market and you don't know a reputable agent in your area, I've got agents and markets all over the countries that are that I'm partnering with. I can help you secure one of those agents in your area and a local lender that can help you navigate your purchase of your next home. Have a blessed day. Hey, thanks for hanging out with me today on the Get Me Ready to Buy podcast. Hopefully you found all this information helpful to you and it's made a little more sense out of what it takes to actually buy a home and you feel a little bit more confident about your home buying process. Now, again, as I shared in earlier, if I can help you buy a home in the Mid-South or find you an agent wherever you are, just reach out to me at midsouth.homes or whatever link is here on this podcast or uh, down below in the YouTube channel. If you're listening to this on a podcast, I just mentioned the YouTube channel. There is a Get Me Ready to Buy YouTube channel where you can actually watch the podcast if you'd rather do that. If you're watching this on YouTube and you'd rather listen to it, you can find the link to GetMeReadyToBuy.com and you'll find where you can listen to all the podcasts wherever you get podcasts. I hope that you'll also rate and review the show. There's a link here in the notes, in the show notes or here where you can review the show and rate it so that others who are looking to buy a home just like you can find it, especially if you found it helpful. And I would love a five-star review if this has been helpful to you. The other thing you can do is remember to get your score at ReadyToBuyScore.com. And as always, hit the subscribe button so that you are the first to find out the latest information about what it takes for you to be ready to buy a home. Have a blessed day.